Have you ever seen the pale blue dot? It's basically a blue dot that is a little more pale than an ordinary dot, and it seems like it is really far away. However, what if I told you that we are on the dot, the whole Earth and everyone who has ever lived, and all the stars and planets are inside a big dot, and that dot is called the universe. And inside that dot, there are lots of solar systems and planets that each look like dots. And then inside of them, we finally get to the very small dot of the Earth, our favorite planet because we live on it. On our planet is where every T-Rex and dinosaur, every cigarette-smoking chimp, every king and quarterback has ever lived in history. Now, the dot is so small, you would think that aliens could never find it. But remember last year when those weed aliens came? Every sticky strain, every swisher sweet stuffed with primo OG North Dakota Thundercush, every hand-blown bong shaped like Garfield's head that has ever existed has existed right here on this blue and green dot called Earth. That is because weed comes from the Earth and it's okay for us to smoke it. Anyway, it was fun when the weed aliens came to this blue planet in which we live in. But I bet something like that will never happen again. After all, our dot is so pale and so blue, with some green mixed in, that is probably too small for those aliens to take note of. If anything, the weed aliens probably came because they could see the green mixed in with the blue. But most other types of aliens probably wouldn't be interested in such a pale and such a blue dot as this one. That is why today we are going to have a completely normal program. I am Luna DeFord and this is Stargazing, the program where we gaze on two different kinds of stars, the famous kind and the interstellar kind from space. Except of course, there will be no interstellar aliens from space today. Instead, our first guest will be Charles from the E1 podcast, who is here to shamelessly promote his self-titled album as Solips. That's right. So last night, you guys played a show at Uncle and Son's Pork and Beef Buffet. How did the legendary local concert venue and barbecue buffet treat you? Well, the Pork and Beef Buffet was excellent. I can't say too much about this local hometown crowd, because there weren't a lot of locals there. And, uh, you know, as it turns out, the military's famous SEAL teams, numbers 1 through 20, uh, are all in town for a bachelor party, though. Wow. Yeah, so... uh, the troop uh, who's getting married is very popular, so 20 full SEAL teams all wanted to be there on his special night of bachelorhood. So you played a show for them? Yeah, I mean, like, we didn't know they were going to be there, but basically they were the only people there. What an honor. Well, let me be honest, Luna. At first, I was hesitant. Because you know me, I hate the troops. <laughs> but it actually turned out to be a pretty good time. Uh, you know, the guys in SEAL Team 6 were there. The guy who killed Osama bought me a tequila shot. He gave me, like, a really great margarita recipe. And uh, he said that this margarita he gave me, like, he said it's what he was sipping on when he shot Osama. Only way he can keep his aim steady. So he was sipping the margarita in one hand and holding his gun in the other when he killed the bad guy? Yeah, and uh, he had one of those festive umbrellas in the margarita. Plenty of salt on the rim, too. And the gun he used was like this big sniper rifle. But since he's in SEAL Team 6, he's really good and he can just fire it with one hand very casually. Wow. It must be so cool to meet a famous murderer like that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I showed him how to play an open G chord on the guitar. And he said how like holding a guitar is kind of like holding a gun. 
but there's no trigger. And I was like, yeah, man, that's so true. So like, it turned out to be a really good time all around. That's a good story. But hey, there's something on my mind. I really want to pause for station identification. Oh, go right ahead. Okay, well then, it is time for station identification. You are listening to Stargazing with Luna DeFord on WBEN Radio Terra Hot, the clogged artery of the heartland, the rusty buckle of the Indiana poverty belt. If you are just tuning in, the time is your current time and the day is your current day. The weather is exactly how you see it outside. Oh, some weather we're having. Yes. I'm sure the listeners can simply look out their window and see that that's true. And they can verify the current time on their clock or phone or watch. This is all happening live and it's all real. In fact, this program is so live right now, there is no telling what might happen during the course of this interview. Oh, I hope nothing bad happens. Me too. But also, to be honest, I uh, I really can't think of anything else to talk about. Hmm, me neither. Okay, well, we could sit here in silence for the next uh, 57 minutes, unless you'd like to play us a song. I'd rather not. Okay. Luna, did you ever think about how everything that has happened on this Earth so far happened on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam? No, I haven't, but what was that noise? Oh, wow, it was quite loud. It looks like our reporting intern, Taddy Fletchler, ran outside to investigate what is happening. Taddy... Can you give us an idea of what it looks like out there? Sure thing, Luna. Yes, I am out here in Farmer's Field, part of the farming district of Terre Haute, located right next door to the radio station. Now, am I correct in saying that the crash noise sounded extraterrestrial in nature? Well, there is a big 1950s-style flying saucer crashed and smashed and sitting in the field here, destroying a good deal of this farmer's local opium crop. But so far, we do not know if this was extraterrestrial or from our own terrestria here on Earth. Okay, well, can you tell us who is inside the spaceship? Maybe it's some aliens. Nobody stepped out yet, but I can interview the local farmer whose farm this is if you want me to. Okay, fine. Let's get it over with. Excuse me, sir. Is this your farm? Oh, yeah, that's right. Farm's been in the family for four generations. Or about two weeks, really. Came to be mine last week when my great-grandpappy, uh, my grandpappy, my regular pappy, all exploded from a bomb they set off to celebrate buying the property. That's nice. Do you think there's an alien inside of that spaceship that fell from space? Look, buddy, I can't tell you whether that spaceship is full of Martians or marsupials. That's a saying we have out here in the country. Uh, is it? Well... We don't get to use it very often, and usually it's just a way to be racist against Australians. And even then, it only makes sense when the Australians show up in a spaceship. But anyway, I sure hope it's aliens in there, because normally it's just dope fiends who wander into my fields trying to eat all my opium plants. It'd be a nice, nice for a change to have a nice alien to hang out with. If this is indeed an alien visitor from another planet... Do you think they will be fun like the weed aliens were? Oh, no, 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 no. Now, I didn't meet none of them weed aliens. They were interested in a different crop, if you catch my drift. (laughs) Marijuana? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. They like to smoke the weed that grows on the weed plants. Okay, I'm just making sure we're on the same page here. 
they like to roll it up into a doobie and smoke it uh, using a lighter to uh, <clears throat> light it up. Uh-huh. Because uh, it comes from the earth. Uh, that's that's why. Okay. Well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Hopefully something exciting happens so I get more airtime. Luna, back to you. I hope there's an alien in that classic silver spaceship. I'm imagining an alien in there who likes all the same stuff as me. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about before? I mean, nothing really. Uh, you didn't have any questions for me. That's because talking about music is boring. Uh-huh. Talking about music is like drawing about architecture or dancing about music. It simply isn't done. Well, I guess that's true. Okay, well, why don't we welcome our second guest, writer, doer, thinker, and thinkfluencer Terrence Hardone is the author of more than a dozen fascinating pop science bestsellers, including Fly, The Power of Birds, Stop, What We Should Know About Yelling at People, and Puff Puff Pass Away, Marijuana, The Deadliest Killer. Mr. Hardone, what are your thoughts about this spacecraft that has seemingly arrived right out of space? Uh, well, uh, hello, Luna. Uh, when I wrote my book, Fly, The Power of Birds, I, I started to take a great interest in what other kinds of things inhabit our skies. And of course, we all know that the government maintains an air presence to keep us safe from our enemies abroad. But what I started to discover in my research was that the government is also doing their best to protect us from aliens, from extraterrestrial places keep us safe. But it seems like aliens are pretty nice. Everyone like those weed aliens. <laughs> uh, Luna, what was the title of the third book of mine that you mentioned a moment ago? Puff Puff Pass Away, Marijuana, The Deadliest Killer? That's right. <laughs> I can tell you're not familiar. Because if you were, you'd realize that marijuana is one of the most deadliest substance that comes from the earth. I began to realize aliens were only interested in Earth because of this one substance that comes from it. They do not have Kush in their home galaxy, and those aliens were trying to fry the minds of our youth by making them get high on it, so they could more easily dominate our pale blue dot. That hardly sounds like fun to me. So let me put it this way. If you were in a deadly fire, you wouldn't want to breathe in the smoke, right? So why should you breathe in marijuana smoke? I guess I never thought about it that way. Mr. Hardon, if I may interject, what do you say to your critics who point out that it comes from the Earth? Well, I, I understand why someone would think that. But in my book, From Atom to A-Bomb, An Alphabetical History of Nuclear Weapons, I discuss how the most deadly weapon of all time, the nuclear bomb, comes from splitting a simple atom. And tell me, where does the lowly atom come from? Oh, beats me. Okay, well, it comes from the Earth. But you wouldn't ignite a nuclear bomb in your face, would you? You certainly wouldn't vape on liquefied plutonium. Hmm, I mean, that would be pretty good publicity for my album if I did. I don't think we're allowed to do that in the studio. Uh, look, look, my, my point is this. Marijuana is one of the most deadly substances that comes from the Earth. And the fact that extraterrestrial aliens are trying to find it makes me very concerned. So, Luna, I suggest to you that you rethink the unexamined notion that extraterrestrial life is inherently fun and good. Okay. Luna, you're not going to believe this, but the alien seems to be emerging from the alien spacecraft. Okay, I'll be right there. This is my time to shine. Let's go, guys. All right. 
I must I, I must say that this is highly illogical. Uh, perhaps our encounter with this dangerous space alien will prove my point, and people who doubted me will be chastened and feel obligated to read my book after the fact and realize that I would warn them, but they didn't listen. And lots of people will die, but those who survive the alien purge will buy my books, such as Wit, The Story of Me, and Life is Beautiful, Dummy, The Story of How Things Are Getting Better, co-authored with Steven Pinker. Okay, let's go. Daddy, there's no alien here. It's just a crowd of morons who are gawking and onlooking. That's because the alien said, take me to your leader. And then the farmer said, do you mean take me to your dealer? And the alien said he didn't know what that meant. So if there's no leader here, then he's just going to leave. Well, maybe he'll change his mind. I'm going to wait right here so I can get the first interview. Well, have you interviewed a lot of aliens before? Well, truth be told, I never really have. I thought I interviewed one of the weed aliens when they came, but it turned out it was one of the Cheech and Chongs. There was so much smoke I couldn't see who it was. I bet when they made that movie Up in Smoke, that must have been what they were referring to. Yeah, it was a big cloud of smoke. It also might have been Pigpen from Charlie Brown, but it didn't smell like a smelly kid. It smelled like hydroponic blueberry diesel. Oh, uh, my friend is Charlie Brown's cousin, and he told me Pigpen dropped out of college to smoke weed full time. But I don't think you were talking to him, because he still smells very bad, like a rat who lives in the sewer. And even though the rat takes a bath every day, it's a bath in dirty rat sewer water, which is no bath at all. Wait. Hold on. What's happening with the ship? It, it, it's lifted off. It, it looks like it's flying away, even though it's all smashed up. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it already looked smashed before it landed. I think it's supposed to look like that. Like uh, pre-ripped blue jeans or whatever. It, it might be a popular style on their alien planet. Uh, they probably do that to subdue our thought leaders into thinking they're weak. The bastards. Oh, well. I guess my dreams will never come true. You should count your blessings, Luna. Uh, like I was saying earlier, it is quite possible the nefarious alien was planning to... Wait, 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 hold on. The alien is beaming up acclaimed pop science author and personality, Terrence Hardone. Now I'm just a farmer who owns a big red tractor, so you would think I would have a joke about a tractor beam. But I can't think of anything right now. On account of how stupid and simple I am, Mostly, I just farm my plants instead of thinking about making alien-related puns. Farmer, you have let me down. But the alien let me down even more. Oh, well. Maybe we should go find something else to do. Charles, can you play us a song live in our studio to kill some time, even though you don't want to? Okay. Guess I'll just do what anyone tells me to.
I can't say how long it's been since the aliens transmitted my corporeal being back down to this senseless cold planet we call Earth. I awoke in a desolate field far from human civilization, or whatever might be left of it. As I have reason to fear, I am the last living man. All that happened before the arrival of the aliens from space now seems part of another life, a life that has no continuity with the present. What day is it? Do days even exist when the only one keeping track is me? Well, I guess there's still the sun and the moon keeping track, but what if something blew up the moon while I was gone? As I gathered my bearings and hobbled to a distant road, I saw no signs of intelligent life, <laughs> or even humans. Down the road, a crumbling Wendy's hamburger franchise. I peered into the drive through window, astonished to see a crew of raccoons rummaging through the ingredients, preparing Dave's double whoopers in a surprisingly orderly fashion. The little rascals must have been picking over the last hunks of the fetid meat, or who knows, perhaps these whoopers were made of human flesh from the deceased workers. Though these industrious creatures warranted further study, I wasn't about to find out. I continued moving along, in search of shelter or some semblance of society. No cars to be seen on the highway? Well, none except the smoldering wreckage of a sedan by the side of the road, with a skeleton sitting behind the wheel. He must have gotten exploded right when he was having a nice drive. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, I came upon a ragged shack where I thought I might rest my weary legs for the night. I jolted the door open with a forceful shove and found myself... Oh, hey, what's up? You people! You're still alive! Uh-huh. Were you just narrating your own life to yourself? Well, I thought there was no one else around. I thought the aliens had returned me to a post-apocalyptic hellscape. I saw Wendy's overrun by raccoons. Oh, those are just the normal raccoons who run that place. One of them is named Dave, and he's the founder of Wendy's, who most people don't know is a raccoon. That drive through is usually really busy, but it's before the lunch rush right now, so that's probably why you didn't see anyone. <clears throat> okay, well, well, what, 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 what about the dead skeleton I saw clutching the wheel of his car, who seemed to be exploded as if by a deadly weapon? Oh, that's a famous local tourist trap. Like, when a town has the world's biggest butter churn or whatever... You didn't wonder why the skeleton was wearing sunglasses or why the car was 25 feet long with one of those giant 50s hoods or why the hood was painted with an ad for the fireworks factory of the next highway exit. Taddy, shut up and go get Mr. Hard on some coffee. I'm sure he has lots to tell us about his alien abduction experience. I mean, uh, sure, but but what, what, what are you still doing here? How long have I been gone? Oh, you were gone less than five minutes. We only had time for one song, actually. It's a good thing you showed up, though. We were just going to play that game where you put your hand on the table and stab a knife between each finger because we couldn't think of anything else to do. Hmm. Well, I must have experienced some kind of thing outside of time. For these aliens to have told me much about their interstellar ways. In fact, I believe these aliens to be very intelligent and good. Wow. I guess I was right about aliens. Well, not quite. Only these particular aliens are good to me. They said that most other aliens are bad and evil. That's why I thought I arrived in a hellscape. Because I thought some different kind of aliens came and ruined everything. Oh, good thing that didn't happen. Anyway, uh, what did you learn about these aliens? I'm supposed to ask the questions. So, what did you learn about these aliens? <laughs> well, for one, their political and social framework has advanced far beyond our own. Centuries ago, they unleashed the power of the free market, creating a robust private sector, leading society to flourish in a way never before seen. They privatized all the water, which was good, because water is deadly to them. 
And most people stopped drinking it when the private water monopoly made it a very expensive luxury item. However, then they privatized poison, which was a hurdle for some, as the aliens need poison to live. Fortunately, the thriving economy provided jobs for many, and only the laziest and least industrious were left to die off without the life-giving poison they needed. I guess that sounds advanced. Uh, but that's not all. They used to have a racism problem, where the gray aliens oppressed the green ones. But then they created more seats for the green aliens on corporate boards, and racism was solved once the amount of wealth held by the top 1% of green aliens matched that of the top 1% of gray aliens, who together held 99.999% of all wealth. Then later, they invented a new kind of racism that's actually good. Wow. Uh-huh. Well, it doesn't sound that good to me. I mean, what if you're an alien who couldn't get any poison? With a little determination, you could start your own poison company to compete with the interstellar poison conglomeration responsible for 92% of all the poison sales in the galaxy. If your business model was good, you could become rich. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, why did the aliens come here? Well, truth be told, they've been visiting for quite a while now. You remember Joe Satriani's album, Surfing with the Alien? How do you think he knew aliens look like the Silver Surfer? That's because he hung out with them and got to shred with them. Ooh, there's an alien in my album too, which by the way is on streaming websites now. Wow, is there really? No, sorry. I guess I should be martyred on the cross for lying to everyone live on the radio. Uh, that shan't be necessary. You see, the aliens have a plan for us all. That's why they've been guiding our social and technological development since the 1950s, to help us unleash the power of the free market that has so greatly benefited their society. So they've been visiting for that long and giving us technology like the iPhone and the iPod that we love? Well, I guess they mostly visited between the 50s and 80s and got bored. I think the last time they came was when they met Joe Satriani. In those days, he really liked to shred on his guitar, which aliens find very boring. And they sort of got tired of the human race in general because of it. They prefer plinky Elvis-style rock and roll about how it's nice to take a record off the shelf. So they don't actually like surfing with the alien? Um, no, they, they regard it as decadent. Oh, that's a shame. That's my favorite album, because it's got aliens on it. Mr. Hardone, when the aliens dropped you off in the opium field... Did their alien spaceship go away, or did they just park it there and hang out? Oh, yes. They, they, they just idled the ship. They're probably still here. I just walked away when it seemed like they weren't going to beam me back up again. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Because the aliens are apparently still hanging out, and the military has taken notice. Daddy, you idiot, get out there on the scene and tell me if an alien gets out of that ship. Okay, but there's a lot of F-35s out there to threaten the alien, and it looks dangerous. Also, I heard the F-35s are being piloted by local cops and not actual Air Force pilots. Uh, Taddy, our law enforcement officials have our best interests in mind, and they can pilot whatever vehicle they want. We live in a democracy. If we didn't like the job they were doing, the problem would get fixed through the electoral process. One of the great things about democracy that I uncovered in my book, What the Child Sees, Essays on Innovation and Other Solutions, is that in a democracy, if a product is a bad product, people will stop buying it. And we will get a better product because there is a need for it. 
That's true. Now, Taddy, go do your job instead of complaining. Well, I'm an unpaid intern, so I'm not sure this is really my job, but okay, fine. I'm sorry about Taddy, guys. I hope somebody kills him. Teach him a lesson. Well, I don't care what happens to him. I, for one, hope that the aliens are having a productive dialogue with those cops in the F-35s. The aliens still have much to teach us, and it may be important to learn their ways just in case we ever need to know how to kill bad aliens that come here, like the so-called Kush aliens. I would rather interview them than kill them, but that's why some people are radio interviewers and other people are soldiers, I guess. I suppose I just think killing is mostly wrong, but soldiers think it's good, and they like to do it. Sometimes killing is necessary, Luna. Anytime you go to Uncle and Son's Pork and Beef Buffet and order a triple stack of bacon burgers with a triple beef livers and a side order of three pig bladders in Montana dip, you are basically killing three pigs and three cows. Anytime you watch the YouTube clip where MBS, quote, hits the dab on Ellen, you're supporting the killing of journalists. You yourself just said you hope Taddy gets killed not 30 seconds ago. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Speaking of Taddy, it looks like he's live on the scene. Hello? Yes, I'm out here live on the scene. Taddy, what can you tell us about the interstellar alien confrontation currently taking place on our planet? Well, there's a little bit of a problem. One of the F-35 cops says that the airspace above this opium field belongs to a local Dave & Buster's franchisee. And the alien says they're just hanging out for a bit and not bothering anyone. And then the military general who showed up said that the aliens gave us the idea to sell airspace to private companies in the 80s so they should know better. And the aliens said to leave them alone and the general said to fire. But the cops didn't fire because they don't take orders from the military general. So now the alien is firing on them instead. Oh, wow. Okay. The alien just shot a low-quality 1970s Star Wars type of laser beam at the F-35. Earlier, I saw one of those laser beams hit a sedan, and it didn't do anything. But now, well, it looks like it has destroyed the F-35. And now the F-35 is falling down and crashing onto me. Once it falls onto me, it will surely kill me instantly. I guess this is the end for Taddy. I can't believe this plane is about to crash into my head. What a waste of a young and vibrant life that was so full of life. Oh, no. I just heard a squashing noise that indicates Taddy is dead. I never thought or wished this would happen to him. I can't believe the space aliens have turned violent. Well, it's like if you corner an animal. It's natural that the animal will begin to act in self-defense. Only these aliens are much smarter than us, so it's more like if you cornered Stephen Hawking. You have to expect he would get scared and shoot at you with a gun. It's your fault for putting him in that situation when you knew better. I just want to know what's happening out there, live on the scene. I wonder who that could be. I guess I will just open the door, like so. Hello. Is this a local radio station? That's right. Well, I'm a local military general around these parts. I'm Luna. I need to use your platform in order to tell the local people about the dangerous alien situation. Okay, well, we were just doing a broadcast of our own. I guess you could join it. Okay, listen up, citizens. These bad aliens have started killing our fellow Americans. So now, unfortunately, we have to kill all of them. It's like Gandhi always said, an eye for an eye. I'm here to instruct all citizens to kill flying space aliens on sight. Do not hesitate to kill, kill, kill. After all, 
It's what they would do to you. Uh, Mr. General, I, I, I can't help but interject. These aliens have only killed a few guys. Although my condolences go out to the police officer who died valiantly protecting his thin blue line, the other guy was just Taddy, and it doesn't seem like a very big deal, especially when you consider more pervasive and pernicious social ills like marijuana smoking, which kills thousands every single month and has robbed an entire generation of the ability to think innovatively and work smarter, not harder. This scourge is second only to vacations in the number of people it kills every year. Yes, that's right, vacations. I bet you weren't aware of that. Even many educated people are ignorant of how dangerous vacation time is. I will be examining this in my forthcoming TED Talk, Your Vacation is Killing You. Look, Mr. Hardon, the, when an officer of the law dies in the line of duty, it's the job of the military to kill whoever did it. Whether or not the perpetrator is an extraterrestrial alien from outer space is irrelevant in the eyes of justice. And while I share your concerns about the dangerous drug known only as weed, it's completely possible that once searched, we may find drugs on the alien spaceship, which would be grounds for killing them in advance. Uh, no. No, General. I have met these aliens, and they are good, honest folks. The only drug they enjoy is perhaps a glass of Cabernet with dinner. Well, driving a spaceship with that kind of lifestyle is a DUI. And so my order stands, citizens. Please kill these dangerous aliens at your own discretion. Wow. This is like that scene from politics when Obama and his friends were hanging out in that room and they killed Big Laden. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. General, isn't there only one alien spaceship here? It doesn't seem like there's a lot of aliens for our fine citizens to kill. Well, now that we started killing them, they sent a whole bunch of spaceships to retaliate. You'd think it'd take a long time to travel the vast emptiness of outer space, but actually these aliens had like 5,000 ships on Mars coincidentally. Because they're already there for a big event, like a music festival or something. I'm tracking this all on my phone, which I use to make very important military decisions remotely. So I could just hang out with you guys and do whatever I want while I do my job. Wow, it's like an app for being the military general. That's right. It's just for me, the general. Except the government accidentally put it on the Apple iTunes app store for like five minutes. So there's like three or four random guys who managed to download it. We don't know who or where they are, but so far they haven't caused any trouble. And honestly, by bringing this up, it probably seems like I'm setting something up. Like this would be relevant again later. But truthfully, it isn't, and you can forget about what I've just said. Are any of the 5,000 ships coming to our studio? Maybe I can interview them. Well, it does look like some of the ships are nearby. Maybe that's the aliens. I'll go see. In the meantime, Charles, could you kill more time with the song from your album that's on sale and streaming now? After the cold rush the loading had begun Now who knew the future Would be this dumb
Hello, aliens. Oh, uh, hello, ma'am. It's 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 just me. Uh, you know, the farmer, the dumb guy. I saw the general come in here earlier, and I've got some information that might be you know important for him to know. Okay, fine. Come in and sit in front of a microphone while you share this sensitive information. H- hello. I I must share my message with the gen- with the general. Please. The general is my cousin who does car insurance ads. Call me Mr. General. Okay, sir. Well, well, shucks. I just, I just wanted to say that the aliens have started beaming up all my opium plants that I worked so hard to cultivate in my field. They're smuggling dangerous drugs without permission from the government to sell them as oxys. Yeah, I think it's on account of how their music festival got interrupted when they decided they have to kill us since you guys tried to uh, kill them first. I think they wanted to bring the drugs back to their festival later once they're done killing people. Okay. Now we have an even better reason to kill them first. Uh, Mr. Farmer, uh, thank you for sharing this information. As a fellow at the Sackler Institute for Drug Policy, I understand the important contributions our nation's small farmers make to keep Americans feeling good all the time with high-quality prescription painkillers. Oh, no, these these plants are just my personal stash. Anything I can't finish myself gets fed to the livestock before they slaughter them. In, in any case, I don't approve of these aliens stealing, but... If they have taken an interest in our pharmaceuticals, perhaps this could lead to a fruitful future of intergalactic commerce with our extraterrestrial friends. It is not the policy of the American government to associate with people or aliens who have ever done bad things. The only one who can sort out these evil aliens now is God. And in order for God to do that, we need to kill them so they can go to talk to him in the afterlife and see what he thinks. But sir... Can we really say these aliens are to blame? On some level, don't the personal choices of the victims come into play? For instance, Taddy making the decision to stand underneath the very unsturdy F-35 may not have been wise. Look, my my readers know that I'm as liberal as it gets. And I say this as someone who voted for Al Gore twice. But at some point, we have to admit that there's a personal responsibility dimension to staying away from aliens whose intent we may not like. I did find Taddy's skills as an intern to be subpar, to say the least. And uh, perhaps those subpar efforts were the result of habitual marijuana use that made him stupid and lazy. That may have been what really killed him. I think it was the cop who was flying his F-35 much too close to Taddy's head. But another theory is that Taddy died of old age because he was from an alien species that only lives to be 18 and then suddenly dies in their prime. Look, your job as pencil pushers and radio talkers is to figure out what it all means. My job is to do it without considering his purpose. There's too many lives at stake to care about any of this stuff. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I know people's lives are quite valuable, but what about my crops? How am I going to get payment from the aliens, or at least send them an invoice? You know, if I don't even know where on Mars this music festival is happening. Maybe we can find it and go listen to their songs. I hope we catch some influential Martian bands at the peak of their career. Uh, The only artist I ever saw at his peak was Barney the Famous Purple Dinosaur in 1995. He did an encore that was the ABC song, 
the Itsy Bitsy Spider, and Wonderwall. Wow. Yeah, maybe we can hop aboard a spaceship and go retrieve the crops on, you know, on Mars. I don't think that'll be necessary. Let's simply kill all the aliens while they're here. Do you really think the average American has the aptitude to kill the aliens on their own? <laughs> of course not. That's why we're going to order our nation's brave soldiers to do it from my app that lets me do military stuff. Remember on Ender's Game, where that guy played that video game? It's like that, <laughs> except everything's happening for real. So check this out, all right? It looks like SEAL teams 1 through 20 were already in town for a bachelor party for a very popular soldier. So I'm just going to send them an order to get back to work and tell them to all stand in a field and start shooting their guns into the air at the alien spaceship. That sounds like a good plan, but uh, do you think it'll work? We shall see. Now we play the waiting game. Oh man, you mean I have to think of something else to talk about to fill time? Nope, never mind. They already did it. They shot off their guns and made the spaceship explode, like shooting a car in Grand Theft Auto. They said it was really easy, and now they're going back to the buffet to continue their multi-day bachelor party. And by the way, the name of the popular guy who is having his bachelor party is Jim Rayner. <laughs> I'm... I'm a bit perplexed, uh, General. Those alien ships are made from the most futuristic-seeming silver substance known to man. How could mere bullets take them down so quick? I don't know, but it, it worked really easily. Maybe these aliens aren't all they're cracked up to be. Well, I'm just a simple farmer, and, well, do you want to know what I think? I think I'm too stupid to have any opinion on the matter. Sorry, Farmer, but we have to pause for station identification. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is America's number one radio host, Raina Duras. This is just a normal, pre-recorded episode of E1. There is nothing crazy actually going on in the world with aliens. Do not worry. <laughs> Hello. This is Luna DeFord on WBEN Radio, and this is real and happening live. If you look outside of your window right now in real life, you will probably see an alien spaceship getting blown up since right now you are listening to the news as things are happening live. You know, I was thinking about that alien spaceship and how it looked like shit and was all broken up earlier. Maybe these aliens are not as advanced as Mr. Hardon says they are. Let me help you understand the truth using a story that you'll find in my upcoming book, Beyond the Terrestrial, the home place of extraterrestrial aliens. When the aliens took me on their ship, they told me something fascinating. They said that on their home planet, which they also call Earth, but it's a different Earth, some of my books have become very popular. For instance, my book, Hey, Why Communication is Getting Shorter and People Are Living Longer, has been a bestseller for years. It even introduced a colloquial greeting, Hey, into the alien vernacular. So, you see, these aliens are actually quite intelligent and deeply immersed in the works of human intellectuals. You've got to figure, they're very smart. Well, uh, I don't know how to read books because I'm just a dumb farmer. I could lash out at the world because of this, but instead, I kind of think book readers are smart and I let them tell me what to do. These aliens sure do sound sophisticated. Well... Maybe they were just trying to flatter you, Mr. Hardon, in pursuit of some uh, kind of ulterior motive. Ha! 
Uh, the aliens are not as petty as humans, nor are they inclined to deceit. For instance, if their motive was anything other than furthering their own intellectual advancement, why would they have invited me to be a board member of the Intergalactic Comedy and Accountability Council? Clearly, they see the upside of diverse species in leadership at their think tanks. Hold that thought. I've got some bad news. There are reports out of California that the aliens, emboldened by their heist of the opium fields, are now beaming up all of our great nation's vineyards and wineries. Well, it's, it's like I said. Uh, they may be known to enjoy a glass of Cabernet with dinner from time to time. Theft isn't necessarily immoral if it's something you need. It's not like they have American dollars to buy wine legally, and they're probably thirsty. It's more serious than that. Uh... Look at this text message. The alien sent to the president who just sent it to me. The alien took this photo of himself sticking his tongue out like the famous Einstein picture, but his tongue is all red with wine. The aliens are off that wine. They're acting silly. And no one knows what they're capable of. Perhaps it is time for desperate measures. We need to drop nuclear bombs on all of them before they can retaliate. Well, wouldn't the president need to authorize that? There's no time. Plus, Congress passed an AUMF that said anybody has the military app can launch nuclear bombs whenever they feel like it. Uh, Mr. General, I think you're being too hasty here. Won't you also kill a lot of civilians in the process? Many of those people buy my books and I'm concerned about their well-being. Not if they're smart and they get out of the way. Now allow me to just click the button before the button that launches the nukes. I'm sorry, Mr. General, but I can't let you click that next button. Hey, give me back my phone. Aha! For the first time in history, the power is where it ought to be. Not with the military, not with the people, but with the public intellectuals who distill big ideas into forms easily digestible by the unwashed masses and at prices they can afford. You have no idea how big a mistake you're making. If I had my phone, I'd order one of the SEAL teams to kill you. And I'd choose the meanest one, too. SEAL Team 14. Obama said they were too mean to go after Bin Laden. He kept them in a cage and starved them for months to make them extra mean. Ah! Those bachelor party-having buffoons are probably too distracted by the bottomless pork and beef buffet to kill anybody anyway. But I guess now that I have this app, I should figure out something cool I can do with it. Maybe I can go to the military bank account and transfer all their money to something that actually helps people, like a $700 billion grant for a leading public intellectual. I can't let you do that. All those gunshots made it sound like you shot me. But in fact, that seems to be the noise your phone makes when it receives a text message. That's right. Now give it here. It appears to be the president. He says the aliens are threatening to drop a nuclear bomb on us. See what you've done? We missed our chance. Now give me that phone back. Yoink! This never would have happened if we didn't provoke them. Considering the sophistication of their technology, their nuclear arsenal is likely a thousand times more impressive than ours. The president says they want to drop the nuclear bomb on us really soon. They need to get back to their music festival. They didn't mind missing their early acts, but they've got to catch the headliners. I don't like these aliens' flippant attitude towards the small and mid-sized artists who someday dream of headlining. How are they supposed to grow their audience if these aliens will not catch their sets? Oh, well, sh well, shucks. I don't know much about music. 
I don't even know what an instrument is because I'm so stupid. We'll accept a banjo and a fiddle. That's what us idiots call a violin. Idiots who are too <laughs> stupid to listen to classical music, and we gotta listen to fiddle music instead. There's no time for this nonsense. The aliens have started texting a countdown to the president, and the president is texting it to me. Three, two, one. It's... it's all gone. They killed everyone except for me. You finally really did it! You maniacs! You blew it up! Was it all just a dream? Did none of this happen? Oh no, it's all real. You just panicked when the countdown began, and you started sweating and hyperventilating, and then you just fell asleep instantly. So the aliens really did kill everyone? Not everyone. Only two million people. None of them mattered. So we got off pretty good, all things considered. It turned out their nuclear bomb was one of those weak 1950s nuclear bombs that's really easy to build and not even very impressive anymore. Uh, it seems like their technology's pretty shitty after all. Yeah, after they dropped the bomb, they started texting the president about the kinds of bands playing their festival on Mars. And it's mostly like Beach Boys and Elvis type of shit. Like really shitty guitars that barely seem electric. And the most scandalous thing that happens is some mild, hip, gyrating lyrics about going steady or put two straws into one milkshake at the malt shop. Well, shucks, but what about my crops? How will I get super duper high and ease the pain of being so stupid if I don't have my opium crops. Mr. Farmer, I'm sorry we didn't get the crops back, but the joke is on the aliens. Security won't let them bring all that wine and opium into the festival. They're going to have to do it all in the parking lot. Then they'll get sleepy before the headliners go on. The aliens are so stupid. It seems like these low-tech outer space dwellers just found us on our pale blue dot by dumb luck. Well, then I guess they have all the luck, because I never got what I wanted to interview one of those dumb aliens. Remember when I said nobody important died from the nuclear bomb? Well, I was wrong. We are getting word that Wishbone the dog has passed away in the blast. He was 35 human years old. My mentor! No! This, this is all the result of human folly. If we had treated the aliens with respect, they would have shared their boundless wisdom with us. We could have prospered like never before. And now I fear my billion dollar a year stipend from their think tank is in jeopardy. Well, I guess that's what's so funny about living on our pale blue dot. Because you see, even though it seems to us like there's a lot of crazy stuff happening on this earth, it turns out we just live on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam, and dust is not that exciting. Most people don't even like having it in their house, and they actually spend a lot of time cleaning their furniture to get rid of it. So you see, in the end of the day, it's like what Shakespeare said. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena, and every actor must play his part. All the rivers of blood spilled by the aliens and by the general and our mighty SEAL teams, all of it, was so that they could become the momentary masters of the pale blue dot. Not even a richly colored, vibrant dot. One that is just merely pale. Think about how stupid it all is. Basically what I'm saying is, 
there's no point in anything because our dot is so pale. I wish it was a more important dot, but it just isn't. I guess that's why I always wish to meet some aliens to see if their dots were more interesting. But it turns out today's aliens seemed like their dot was probably just as pale as ours. So, well, I guess everything is pointless and we live on a speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark and there's not even any point in trying to meet aliens or have any dreams or care about anything at all. The aliens just texted the president saying they're going to do a live stream of the headliners at their music festival. They're letting us watch if we want to as an olive branch. Can you ask the president if I can interview the aliens? Okay. Yeah, he says no. Well, I guess we just live on such a bad dot that there's no hope. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than looking at the pale blue dot and seeing how incredibly stupid it is and how nothing fun ever happens here. And the aliens that find us by random luck don't want to talk to me and aren't even interesting anyway. I don't care. No. 
Sitting there. 